0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but i'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life podcast. Today, we have a very, very unique and special guest the founder and owner of Mind Cure, which is a psychedelic and non psychedelic supplement and I would say science research community in, in company that is driving the science of psychedelics. Uh, Kelsey Ramsden is the owner. She is also a highly successful entrepreneur for years. She was ranked one of the most successful female entrepreneurs in Canada. She has built multiple businesses. She is a uh, cancer survivor and she has dabbled in quite a bit and dug into a lot of research on the therapeutic side of psychedelic mushrooms and has also created a company that develops Non psychedelic mushroom products like Lion's Mane, nootropic based supplements with Rishi and Cordyceps, and things like that. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about supplements and health, uh, a lot about mental health, but we're also going to dive into her journey of psychedelics. So, this for some of you guys listening is definitely a left turn from our normal fitness conversation, but it relates heavily to health, specifically mental health and just wellness. So, there is so, so much information, experiences, stories, books, research, things coming out on the topic of psychedelics that I found this person to be somebody really, really interesting and influential that I wanted to speak to and really hear their side of the story. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this, even if you're somebody who has no interest or no knowledge, uh, prior knowledge of psychedelics and what they may be. Do or be for. I would highly encourage you to stick around and really give this a listen. It's it's a fascinating story, and I think more need, people need to accept that this is a therapeutic medicine that can really change people's lives who have experienced anxiety fear of death depression cancer all these different things so it's an amazing topic um, a lot of amazing research going on so i highly encourage everybody stick around really listen to this whether you want to go on a psychedelic journey or not this is a really great podcast and i'm excited about how it turned out so stay tuned and listen in and as always if you enjoy this show do me a couple huge favors post a screenshot on your Instagram story, tag myself at Cody McBruin. Make sure you tag uh, MindCure, Kelsey's company, at MindCure or MindCure Wellness if you wanna find their supplements and their products. Um, and as always, subscribe to the channel, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, make sure that you get notified that these episodes are dropping and subscribe to the podcast right now. Without any further ado, let's talk to the one and only psychedelic master, I would call her after this conversation, Kelsey Ramsden. All right. Well, I'm excited to get in this one because I, uh, you're, you're a guest that was brought to my plate and I got to kind of do my research and dive into what you guys do. And just based on what we just had discussed, I think it's going to open the uh, discussion up a little bit more than um, I anticipated, but was kind of hoping for that. So I'm excited about this. But before we dive into the topic of today, which is going to be multifaceted, obviously psychedelics, therapeutic, um, your experience there, and then also MindCure and the product itself and what you guys are doing to change the way people look at these things. Um, can you fill us in with, with who you are? Just give us your story in a nutshell, kind of why you are here today, and then we'll kind of spin it from there. Yeah.
1: Great. So I am Kelsey Ramsden. At the moment, I'm called the CEO of MindCure Health. Uh, as a general human, I'm a mom of three kids. I'm 44 years old. I'm a cancer survivor. I was twice named Canada's top female entrepreneur i spent i'd say like the first three quarters of my life doing all the things you're kind of like meant to do jumping the hoops checking the boxes ascending the mountaintop uh, arriving at the place where i was like supposed to feel totally whole with all the things and the pieces of paper and the money and the whatnot which is awesome like i'll keep it still i'm not giving it up but instead of feeling whole, I felt hollow. And, um, and so I started in my own kind of journey around looking at wellness and health. And what does that mean to an individual person? How do we define like wealth or success? And for me, that led me down, you know, a few roads, uh, ultimately to a place where I became uh, a patient of psychedelic assisted therapy three years ago myself. Um, which, you know, as all these roads and like micro choices, we make lead us to new places today, I sit as the CEO of a psychedelics company. So if you would have asked me like 10 years ago, when I was running a civil construction company, building seaports and airports around the world, is this what you'd be doing? I'd say, gee, that would be lovely, but I doubt (laughs) it, you know, so that's who I am. And that's kind of how you found me.
0: I love it. Um, did the the journey into psychedelics and the experiments and the therapeutic side of things, did that start um, when cancer was diagnosed and that led you to that or how did that come about?
1: Oh yeah, good question. So the cancer thing, have you there's like this book called The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know, it's trite. Everybody's kinda of heard of it, whatever the case, but um I remember, so when I got cancer, I got this this type of cancer called glassy cell andinocarcinoma. It appeared in my cervix. And generally, cervical cancer can be like lasered off, not to be TMI for like, you know, your audience, but it's just bodies. We're okay. Yep. And um, I found out that I had it when our youngest, so we have three kids, our youngest was two months old. And What was fascinating about that experience of the diagnosis was I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Cervical cancer, like kind of not a big deal, a big deal, but friends had had it. And then the day after they let me know that, they called and they said, yeah, we actually need you back in right away. So this specific type I had had a 17% survival rate. And all of a sudden, like, you know, it all got pretty real um so i was really fortunate so unfortunate in that that type of cancer does not respond to chemo or radiation really fortunate in that my surgeon who was on the knife just like went to town and he got all the cancer and you know i was gutted and whatever the case but coming out of that i remember one of my very first appointments saying to my oncologist like is it possible you can see colors brighter after this kind of thing and he said no nah, you know maybe but also maybe you're just appreciating being alive mm. you know and so that so that cancer experience for me was like awakening 101 where all of a sudden i started to really appreciate things like that our grandmas tell us you know like every day on this side of the grass is a good day you know those kind of things that seem like postcard things um But what it really did actually, it was like this pinnacle high moment, shortly followed by like the greatest low. Because beyond being alive, I was like, wait a minute, I've got one ride on this blue marble hurtling through space. What the hell am I doing with this? Like I'm working my face off. I probably got cancer because I never slept. I was overstressed, I was over traveled, I was over everything had all these like addictive behaviors um, was suffering from like all sorts of things I wouldn't address. And it was, you know, it's, it's like the good old look in the mirror moment. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of my path to really actually getting well. Okay. Uh, so, you know, not having cancer was like the smallest component of getting well, actually Yeah. the rest of it was like a very arduous journey. Uh, facing a lot of my own storylines and life choices and all these kind of things. And to the point where, you know, it's unpopular to be reasonably successful with lots of awards and on the cover of magazines and things like that. And then you say, I'm not happy. It's like, oh, so sad for you. (laughs) 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 But the truth of, of the matter is it really doesn't matter what all of these things are. If we're not living you know waking up and doing the thing we want to do whether it's when i used to work as a starbucks barista and i didn't have the money and all the other things and i wasn't happy yeah unhappiness is just unhappiness man yeah so so you know so i decided that i would get better and i did the traditional therapy stuff and it worked for a bit it was kind of like um you know, kind of like that little rush you have after you go and you do something and then it kind of wears off. And I started on the, you know, the the drugs and I kind of thought this isn't like it's helping but it's not answering the real issue here. Um, and so ultimately I started looking around like what else could I do? And I come from, you know, the West coast of Canada where there's an openness to alternative medicines and i had done like you know the kind of things a kid would do in college but i was afraid of doing psychedelics for therapy because it seemed like that's kid stuff you know that's the kind of stuff you do in college like you can't be a 40 year old mother of three children running these multi-million dollar companies and taking mushrooms like that's nuts So it took me two years to convince myself going into the deep research, like, and very well reputed universities around the world doing this research, Johns Hopkins, you know, USC, Um, there's, there's so many locations, Imperial College, like I can go on and on of these locations that are doing psychedelic research for a variety of indications, whether it's depression, addiction, PTSD, like. So finally I was like, all right, well, the math is here, girl, you know, if you're, if you're going to rely on the science, which I do like to, um, now I need to find a practitioner that I'm going to trust. You know, I only have one mind. It's about the only asset that I really value. And, uh, so I started as a patient three years ago, um, trepidatiously, you know, I was, I was really afraid, uh, in part because of what everyone thinks at the beginning and probably most of your listeners right now are like i would never do that Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's drugs and it's and it seems like i thought all the things what if i don't come back the same what if i have a bad trip what are all these things and um you know but then i would go back to the science and then i go back to the science and i had to i had to onboard my husband who's not from the west coast of canada you know who's from a very traditional drugs are bad kind of upbringing and um and and so i went and after my first session and i'm happy to talk about what it's like like if you're curious but after my first session i remember leaving i'm on an airplane i'm flying back and uh i'm sitting in this plane i'm in first class not because I actually normally travel first class, I just got lucky and you know, when they call your name and you're the guy they pick. So I thought, oh yeah, it's great. And I'm crying, but not the kind of crying where you're actually stopped, just the kind where like your eyes are leaking. Just like, I can't stop my body. Um, and it, But it wasn't sadness and it wasn't, it was the only thing it was, was just joy. And I hadn't felt that in, I mean, I'd had it for a minute, but I, I, and what started it was that for some random reason, I'm looking in my phone at all these old pictures, I don't know, sentimentality or something. And I come across a picture of myself when I was probably seven or eight years old, that I, like I was at home at my folks place. I took a picture of my picture my mom has on the wall of me as a kid. And I'm looking at this girl And she's amazing. Like she's all this potential and she's full of life. And she's just like such a little boss. And I just for a moment, like reconnected with my truest, highest, most clear, most driven, most like ambitious blue sky self. And I just started leaking, man, and it kind of didn't stop. And so that was the beginning of the transformation for me from like what I would call mental sufficiency to mental wealth.
0: I love that. I think, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and this is it's funny because I never had a really like a a bad stigma towards any of this kind of stuff just because my upbringing wasn't that way. It was just kind of like, you know, I saw a lot of it growing up but in a different light. Drugs were never therapeutic. It was party, fun, get hot. Um, And, but I had professionals, entrepreneurs, CEOs, friends doing what you're talking about and and swearing by and having these stories. And, and even some that would say, and I'd be interested in your take on this is like, oh yeah, I had, I had a really bad trip, but it was exactly what I needed because it taught me the lesson I needed to change my life. And that was a moment where I was like, that is something I've never heard for. And I started, I think I started with the Netflix documentary, which I don't always recommend for education, go to Netflix, but um, the explain one brought in the people from John Hopkins. And I started seeing that side of it. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. And it's, and it's just fascinating, but did it take you actually going through the experience, like going in and having a trip? Um, And I would love for you to explain what that was like, but was that the moment where you were like, actually changed your mind and were able to say like this is not what I thought it was or or a negative thing it's 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 powerful it's spiritual it's it's
1: yeah I mean so there's two parts that come to mind when you're talking about this one is what it's like and I'll describe that next the 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 other is like the trip so I've in my life I never had a you know an air quotes, bad trip. Mm-hmm. I was lucky. I don't know. I was just like, I was always the lucky one who came with the other side. I was like, that was beautiful. I saw some dragons. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it was amazing. and uh, and it was always re- really reaffirming or I touched the oneness, like all these things you hear people saying, well, I'll again, i'll I'll riff on that in a second, which will make it sound less insane. Um, but I had a bad trip this last year. And now I know what people were talking about. And it was, man, it was terrible. Um, and it was exactly what I needed. And I also know what people are talking about. And so I'll describe the bad and then the good. Like, give me the bad news first. Yeah. So, the bad trip, I'm some people, and, you know, I don't want to, I, I, you know, disclaimer nothing I say is something you should go and do without supervision all the things that a person would say if they were saying this um but this one particular journey I did in a float tank and so I I'm administered this particular journey is psilocybin I'm administered psilocybin I I get in the float tank the music starts it's all fine lights are out and I am attacked by these beetles. They're like red, they're like spiky, they're everywhere. It's terrible. And I can't get out and I can't find the light. And I'm like, I'm actually not even moving. But in my mind, I'm thrashing and I'm freaking out. And cause my sitter is just right outside the door, like. and, uh, And then I'm in this metropolis type of a setting and I'm running almost like Godzilla. Like I'm kind of watching this movie and there's all these people and they're screaming and the place starts on fire like I could it couldn't have been more of a like just a red fiery nightmare and um and the whole time I'm trying to save all these people and they're i am like you know um what is it like they're like vapor my arms are going through them I can't actually grasp them and the And at some point I kind of come to enough and then my sitter, I I must've said something and she opened the door, you're okay. I was like, no, you got to get me out of here. Like I got to make this stop, you got to get the stuff off me. And so of course, once you're out of the tank and you're standing upright, the lights are all on and the music is off and you're kind of, you can kind of come to and come back. And uh, I, I started journaling and I realized that the lesson I really needed at that moment was like i've spent so much of my life being responsible or feeling responsible to save all the people and feeling like i'm the last resort like if if it's you if it's cody and kelsey in the fox then i'm gonna be the first guy out and i'm gonna you know like this warrior thing in me that's always on and always on defense and and it tied into the, like this this challenge I was having in a relationship around like really being present and loving and being soft and caring. And so I was so afraid of it. And it's so much easier to be the warrior that for me than it is, you know, And the, and this whole thing was just like, if you really want what you say that you want, all of this fighting and all of this saving and all of this like, torture is not going to get you what you really need oh it's terrible it's the worst ever but within an hour of being out the other side i was like of course thank you you know it's so obvious
0: yeah i, I think you know if you if you can have a, a, a bad experience like that and still come out on the other side and tell people that this is a smart thing to use for your brain i think that alone says a lot because there's not many people that will encourage nightmares, you know, but I think <clears throat> if there is something on the other end and you can provide that to people to grow, it's almost like it's going to show you something that you can't see otherwise. Would that be a good way of explaining it?
1: That's exactly it. It's like, I always, I would say it's like glasses, you know, like I can see, I can take these glasses I'm wearing off right now. I look out, we live on a golf course. I can see the golf course, but as soon as I put on a new lens here, I can see it way more clearly. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about psychedelics is it does something called it downgrades your default mode network, meaning it it kind of takes that hard ego piece. And I don't mean ego like bravado. I mean, like who I am and all my protection mechanisms and all that. And it just like dials it down from, say, a 10 to a two. So I'm still here. I'm still me. Um but I don't need to save anyone. I don't need to make anyone wrong. I don't need to make myself wrong. And so we were able to kind of watch this whole thing unfold like a movie. Just like, I'm just a witness. And what's really amazing about that is when you're able to just witness a thing, uh, you can forgive a lot of things. You could see a lot of things, you, you know, to your point that you didn't see otherwise. Um, And I would say that most of my, you know, my super positive joyous journeys have been watching, funnily enough, watching movies that otherwise I probably would have been upset by, but seeing, you know, one of them uh, was a situation where um, something really bad happened to me when I was younger and I saw it And I saw myself in it and I saw the other person who was involved and I felt their pain I didn't feel my own I felt what they were feeling when that was happening and it just was like it's a it's a horrific thing but to be able to feel for someone else in that way and to be able to forgive and to go through those things like again it's just like watching a movie and um and I would say for anyone who's listening who's thinking like, okay, so what? You go in four hours later, you feel better. Like that sounds fine. I, I would just say, you know, as a person who's relatively well experienced in psychotherapy and, uh, and and you'll hear a lot of people talk about it, it is really like 10 years of therapy in a day. If you're willing, it's not just the trip. It's then what are you going to do now that you've seen those things or felt those things or understood those things? So now you have to come back, you know, on any given Tuesday to your house, to your job, to your, all your regular life. Um, And none of that changed, just you. Mm -hmm. So that's where like, you know, if you want to, if you want to take on psychedelics or any kind of therapy, I would say, you know, be ready to have the courage to show up for yourself because you'll get it. And then you have to be willing to, you know, use it. It's like you get a superpower. Now you're, now you can fly. You want to use it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard the ego thing many times. I've heard uh, this idea of like being able to forgive and let go and accept what is a lot from different people. Um, So it's, and I think that the other thing I hear a lot about uh, is, is more of a spiritual side of things of like, uh, almost like understanding what God really is and things like that. And, and that's the, the interesting thing about, I've, I've, I mean, I've read books, I've listened to tons of interviews. I've actually done quite a bit of homework on this topic because it's very fascinating okay, to me. Cool. I'm, I'm yet to do any t- type of trip, but obviously it's intriguing me, but all right. there's those three things from person to person, to person, to person, all of which who have no idea who each other are. And I think that's the most fascinating thing. Like, why are all these people saying the same things that they don't even know that each other are saying it. They're all in these different areas of the world. Oh, this is
1: the thing. This is the thing that I kind of get a bit like. I remember going into it being like, "Yeah, okay, that stuff's for hippies," and um, you know, like it's all about love and the oneness yeah. and whatnot. And uh, but to your point, that's one of the very first things after my first like heroic dose. Um, Or flood dose what do we want to call it coming out and being like oh my goodness I know what they're talking about and how is it that we all have this similar experience it's kind of like you know when people talk about uh if they died and then they came back and they all saw the white light Mm -hmm. kind of like that kind of must happen because there's you know maybe 800 people who all saw the white light who didn't know each other like why say you saw it if you didn't yeah and I didn't know what I was supposed to see or feel or do I just went and you know, became one with the universe and uh, came back and I was like, wow, that was different, you know? Yeah. In fact, in my first session ever, they re- I recorded it, my phone. Oh, wow. Voice note, put it beside me. And um, after about four hours, I, I said to the sitter, I was like, I don't really know, I think I've just been sleeping for four hours. And he was like, Yeah, you might want to listen to your tape in a couple hours when you're fully grounded. All right. And I got I listened to this tape and uh, I'm talking the whole time. <laughs> At the end time I was like, we're not shut up. And and right in the middle I talk and I'm describing, you know, what it's all about. And that it's all about love. And it's all about you know our connection to the oneness and the universe and energy neither being created nor destroyed and my ancestors being a part of my physiology and living through me. And there's like really things that I was like, is this is that me? If I if I didn't know myself, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. But um, to your point, this universal experience is very much there, and uh, and it is transformative, so you know. I don't know what to tell you other than to tell you that if if you are fortunate enough to get one of those kind of movies you you can become one with the universe and really change how you see everything
0: I would be and I don't know how much of this you you know or can dive into but one of the things that it was actually just like a like an image that I saw it was it was moving, it was a video, it was motion, but it was basically like the brain. And then it was showing the wiring of the brain, just kind of going nuts when, when you go yeah. to experience. Um, I'd be really curious to know about that process and, and how much of that is like temporary. So how much of that is like in the active moment, this is happening and t- showing you things and how much of it is it like really rewiring your brain for future benefits and, and growth and, and everything. Right. Because I think one of the things that I saw with the John Hopkins was uh, a cancer patient who had this extreme fear of, of death and remission. And, and, you know, um, because the likelihood of him getting it again was pretty high, they said. So he basically was crippled by anxiety every day, fear of death until he did this with John Hopkins. And then he never feared it again. So to me, there's gotta be something going on that isn't just, you know, and even like if you look at most drugs or alcohol, it's not something that like, yeah, I do it every six to 12 months. You know, I do it every few months or whatever. It's usually like, oh, this is every week, this is every day, because I do it a yeah. lot. Or a lot of these people, they're like, every once in once a year, I go on a trip, or, or once every six months, and it's something like that. And to me, that means it's not an addictive thing they're doing, it's something that is, it's changing who they are over time, if that makes sense. I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Totally, so I can touch a little bit on the science, uh, a little bit on the research, and then a little bit on the long-term effects and, and, the, and the piece around how often. So, yes. Yeah, so when you're hooked up, when it, when they're doing this research and they're hooking people's brains up, and you do see connections between areas of the brain that aren't otherwise connected under your normal state. So you see hemisphere, cross hemisphere connections, all these types of things. And so part of that is um, Experienced in the body by when you're in these trips, so you may see colors and you may have these distortions and you have audio distortion, you have all these kind of new sensory experiences. And so these are cross-brain connections that don't normally happen. So those pathways are opened up. Mm. On the second piece, when we are talking about the research and to your point, what do we know about the actual long-term effects and how that changes the brain? When the early stu- when the early part of psychedelic research happened, we just didn't have the tools to measure it. So in the '60s and the '50s, '60s, we just didn't have the tools to measure the mind in the way that we do now. But there is reason to believe, and in early studies that are showing, that the use of some of these medicines, namely psilocybin, LSD, to a lesser extent, potentially ibogaine, MDMA, actually show neuroregeneration. So the development of new pathways and or the solidification of those previously um, kind of shut down, you know, they put the the top cap on the pipe pathways. And, And interestingly, depending on the indication. So for example, if we're talking about Ibogaine and addiction, you can go down to some some places in in Mexico, for example, are getting outcomes like seventy four percent cure rate of opiate addiction with a one time treatment of ibogaine. So um, you go like I mean, an ibogaine trip is not a ten minute situation. I think you're there for you're kind of in for about twelve hours and and sometimes even you know more than a day, no withdrawals, and you come out without any cravings, and that sticks. for some time long enough for you to you know potentially develop new rituals and habits um or you can look at you know for example psilocybin so to your point do people go back and do ibogaine every weekend no it's like it's not a thing if it was we'd all be doing it on a friday you've never done ibogaine on a friday i'm sure um and and psilocybin is another great example in that you don't often hear about people if ever being like, I do mushrooms every single day to the degree to which I can't tell if I'm here or I'm touching the oneness. No, man, like no one does that because it's not, it just simply is not addictive. And I I think the bigger point is that it's not desirable because it can be hard, you know, or it can be glorious. Um, and, And for the most part, a lot of those experiences you know we we get hurt in community and we heal in community and so a lot of these experiences when they really last and land take part when you're with other people who are also healing so on a friday night when you're doing some mushrooms with your buddy you're having a good giggle and a laugh and then, you know walking down downtown you're not really there to heal so you don't really get the kind of effect that's so bonding with these molecules and, you know, once you've seen enough, like you can only process so much. Um, so once every six months seems quite reasonable. And so some of these, some of these drugs have that kind of built into their molecular, you kind know, of how they bind and how they stick around in their lasting effect. Um, and And it really does depend, I think, on the individual. So there are some drugs that are not good for some folks, you know, if you have a history of um, disassociation or, um, you know, personality disorder. Psilocybin is not your friend. Don't go and do that stuff. Uh, but but I think with good screening in the right container, um, this research is really showing us long-term effect that's maintained and some, some material changes to the physiology of how our minds are actually working and performing. I think, you know, of interest to your audience would be people who do combat sports, all the TBI folks, the hockey players up here in Canada who have it, well, even like all these football players. I was just reading a thing the other day about, um, sadly, a number of uh, former pro NFLers who've taken their own lives and, and a couple of them who actually did it by shooting themselves in the chest so that their brains could be autopsied because they knew something was wrong with their brain. It wasn't them that was depressed. There's something wrong with my brain. Um, The UFC has just taken on funding some of this psychedelic research. So as much as people can kind of look at psychedelics and think it's out here, there is something that's happening. The research is being funded and it's being done in a really rigorous way. Um, And never before have we had solutions that prove out this kind of every six months or once a year kind of situation. Everything we have right now is like a pop a pill every day as a little reminder of how, you know, you're just tiny bit broken. Um And it doesn't get to the root.
0: Yeah. I, I think the hardest selling point or buying point for some of these people that are uh, call them old school or against it, or or just grew up around anti-drugs and stuff like that is, <laughs> Like, you know, when you say I, uh, it changed my life, all this positive stuff, I had this glorious trip and there was dragons flying. That's where people go, oh, okay. And they kind of roll their eyes. But yeah. to me, all I needed to see was the Johns Hopkins thing. That was the first hospital I saw doing any kind of research. And I was just immediately sucked in like, holy shit, this is, this is clearly something legit. And I think it's hopefully only a matter of time before it becomes controlled enough to where it's a more easily accessible thing for people who are experiencing these issues or depression or anxiety or anything like that um, to get what they need.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the greatest challenges and why I'm always a little bit leery of telling the whole truth is because when people come back and evangelize a thing, you're always like, okay, sure. It's the most amazing thing that ever happened. I'm sure about that. Um, But here's the thing I would just, I would just, I would just reckon with which is that we know that data moves science, right? John Hopkins and all the studies that they're doing, the people at USC, all, all these people are driving us the data to move the science, which will get the FDA approval across a multiplicity of these medicines. But we, but we also know that story moves culture. And we know that when stories are told right by the right storytellers, and we, and we can trust in their vantage point, So no offense to the folks in, you know, 1969 who were at Woodstock and doing their thing, but the way that they told the story of transformation, you know, society couldn't buy the storyteller. But now when you hear people, you know, lots of, to your point earlier, executives, like 44 year old mother of three children, who's been around a little bit and, you know, the more we get these stories of people, NFLers, like people who have cherished and honored their body and their physique to the highest degree, and would never put anything bad in the machine, who are like the machine is damaged. This is what's going to solve it. You know, I would just, I would just invite the people who are kind of naysayers to look at who are the storytellers tell- now. Are they to be believed? Um, And I feel like the answer is more over and more often, yes. Um, And of course, who wants to say that they were transformed overnight? Like that sounds bizarro. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately, like that's just the truth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you're 100% right. It's one of those things too, where I even think about this is to a much lesser degree, but I started in the fitness space and kind of on my entrepreneurial journey at a really young age. So when I first started like getting intrigued by meditation, I was maybe 20 years old, right? And I was like, meditation, I'm not going to sit there on a rug with my legs crossed humming because that's what I think. And then you learn a little bit, you're like, oh, maybe it's more than that. But what it took for me was seeing successful entrepreneur after entrepreneur after entrepreneur after entrepreneur saying that they meditate every single day. And after a while, it was like, okay, like there's no mistake by all these people saying the same thing, all these people agreeing on the same benefits and all these people being highly successful individuals in whatever they're doing using the same tactic. And I think like you're saying, it's only a matter of time before that happens because that's going on right now.
1: Yeah. It's the signal and the noise. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think meditation is a perfect example, man, because uh, I was the same way. I was like, okay, it's going to take up a bunch of my time. Mm -hmm. Not like it's hard, apparently. Why would I ever want to do something that's apparently impossible to do? Um, but but can we measure it? So here's what I love about meditation, though. If you go and you put on your whoop band or your aura ring or your whatever your Apple Watch or whatever your, you know, pick your poison, and you look at what happened to you while you meditated pre, post, during. Like it's just math. Yeah. The same with psychedelics, like what we're building with mind cure is. A measurement system effectively that's a, meant to be the the backbone of the role of psychedelics and it's all just that because we can tell these great stories all we want but until we get the quantified medicine where people can look at the before and the after and the during and see what specifically happened to me like give me the moment mm-hmm. give me the molecule tell me why and how because none of us are fools you know and we all want this like highly personalized how is it going to work for me piece so yes all the other successful folks were meditating but you needed to see for yourself that it worked for you yeah, yeah. and then and the one fine day that you had the moment where you're like wait a minute how long have i been here you're like oh okay meditation <laughs> there yeah. was something here after all uh so i think the same the same is going to apply with psychedelics Is that we need to get the measurements down to the masses for you, yourself, to go, how was my body performing before? What's my HRV look like? What's my resting heart rate look like? What's my sleep pattern, my stress levels? What's my sentiment? And then after, and show me the proof.
0: Yeah. But yeah, that's what, and what I was going to say is that, you know, the experience people have drives the science to be done and the science gives us the data that is proof for people. And- 100% even going back to what you said earlier of like, you you kind of have to be in the right place to go through it. Like I even, that was for me with meditation, even like, I actually didn't buy into it until, I mean, I I kind of thought, but I never truly gave it a try until I was at a retreat where like, we had to get rid of our phones, do all this stuff. I was actually sitting, it was in San Diego, I was sitting on a rock on this big hill. We had to hike up this big thing and separate to do this meditation practice. And I was sitting on a rock looking over this thing and I closed my eyes meditating. But when I woke up, there was, uh, I believe it was a hummingbird just right in front of my face. Like, scary close but I didn't move and it was still and it was the most still I've ever felt but that was what I needed to be like I know what stillness is now and I get it right and I think putting myself into a certain spot environment experience I'd fly to another state to go through this thing like but that's what I needed and it changed my life for the better so I think I mean you're hitting on a lot of points that I really it's this is cool because this is uh these are all things that I've thought and wondered, but I haven't been able to sit with somebody and have them give me reassurance on. So I appreciate all of that so much. Um, but can I, we do... jam?
1: can yeah. we jam on something with meditation just real quick before we move on? Cause I yeah. think your audience might jam on this too. So before I got into the whole psychedelics thing, I went to, to San Diego mm. to this meditation retreat and, but we shot sniper rifles. Oh. So oh. meditating and shooting guns And everyone's like that's nuts what are you talking about (laughs) so uh this guy that i met um dr doug brackman he he had this kind of practice with navy seals they'd come back and they'd be having a hard time and he was teaching them to meditate same as you they're like meditation what what have you so he added some guns because like okay well maybe with guns so long story (laughs) short I, and this was really my my first time really believing in meditation. I'm there. I'm on this hillside. I'm overlooking this beautiful like, you know, Vista, etc. cetera. And we're meant to meditate and then come and shoot the sniper rifle and then go meditate and shoot meditation. So we start in the morning. And my first shot is like, I don't even know how far off. Some ridiculous, like it's terrible. It's not even like, it's ridiculous. I'm like, oh, this is really working. I'm so glad I spent all this money and flew here. So then I keep going and I'm iterating and I'm iterating and throughout the course of the day, I'm getting better at meditating and getting quiet and getting centered, et cetera. And so by, we started at say eight in the morning and by about noon, I'm shooting at 600 yards, something the size of a like a milk jug, like a one, one liter milk container every single time. I'm like, what just happened to me? then 900 yards by like three in the afternoon. I cannot miss, like I actually can't do it. So we have this debrief afterwards about why is it that these higher states of functioning, these ultimate moments of clarity, which is the same thing that for me came out of psychedelics, which drives me to continue to do it every six months to a year for high performance. Now we're talking about performance behavior, not just like sufficiency, but performance coming out of meditation, coming out of mindfulness, coming out of psychedelic work is this state of, I've, I've already seen it happen. I have so much competence and confidence in myself in this like pure calm sense that you can control your body. like You can get your breathing just perfect so that when you pull that trigger, you cannot help but win. It was far and away, the most transformative meditative. So if anybody ever wants to like, you go and shoot some sniper rifles and meditate. And I mean, you'll be a believer for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I think it's uh, ultimately like if I I look back at any periods of times where I performed at a high level in my life and my performance in the gym or my marriage or my business, everything, it's always when I have an extreme amount of clarity on who I am and what I want. And I think ultimately that's what, that's what like, that's all about. And even with like the psychedelics, what intrigued me is that it's like, if I can have more of that constantly, always like, like that's something that intrigues me. So um, the thing I want to shift gears to is your business now is like, okay, we just talked about this extremely fascinating journey and all these benefits and everything, Um, all the things selfishly I wanted to discuss at this point what do you do now with your business and, and where is there, you know, cause you mentioned you own a psychedelic company. Are there multiple chapters? I know mind cure is, you know, we have nootropics and non-psychedelic yeah. mushrooms and things that are uh lion's mane, reishi, things like that, which I would love to get into the benefits because we can actually be like, Hey, people order these things because they are going to benefit you. But is there another chapter that you do on the more psychedelic side? Can you just kind of give us the rundown of all that? Yeah, I'll, I'll give
1: you three pieces that matter. One is, um, we, of course we do nootropics and adaptogens. and I'll, t- I'll riff on that for a second. We're building a digital therapeutics platform. That'll be the backbone of the role of psychedelics. And, and we'll, there will be, there'll be a B2B. So us servicing clinics and psychedelic locations, and then a component piece that's B2C for the DIY trippers. And then, love that. um, I know, isn't that bizarre? That's like actually a category. <laughs> uh, I don't like to call them that, but that's what they that's that's how it gets presented to me. Um, and then and then the third piece is around novel research. And I'll talk a little bit about that. But something I want to let all your listeners know is a little bit of like what's legal, where and how and when. Yeah. So that anybody who right now is like, okay, so wait a minute, what what are we talking about when we're talking about psychedelic therapy? Right now in America and Canada. Um, something called ketamine assisted therapy is legal. So you can find ketamine infusion locations um, and predominantly ketamine is utilized to combat depression predominantly. Um, And there, you know, just hit the Google, the good old Google, you'll find what you need there. We're talking about psilocybin magic mushrooms as they were formerly known uh, Oregon, like there are a number of states who've been really progressive so you're going to see psilocybin probably be legal uh for 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 um controlled psychedelic assisted therapy meaning you're not going to buy it like at the corner head shop you're going to buy it like you're going to get it from a therapist uh by i'm i think 2023 2024 so we're not too far away from that up in Canada, you can get special access provisions for psilocybin, but full rollout, probably at the same timeline. MDMA, 22, 23, probably. So these things are coming and they're coming relatively quickly and some stuff's already legal. Now you can fly outside of your country and go and get all sorts of things and all sorts of other locations where they are legal and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so I think, I just want to lay that out for the yeah. people who are listening. or they like, is this even a, where? where is this?
0: Yeah, that's helpful. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, And then, you know, when we talk about our minds, so look, most of us are focused neck down optimization, right? I'm taking my vitamin C's, I'm doing my omega-3's, I'm doing my, you know, my DHEA's, I'm doing all these things, I'm working out, I'm sleep maximizing, I'm like, but no one is doing mental hygiene. Like, it's like brushing your teeth, you brush your teeth every day. What about your brain? What's happening? Yeah, like, pretty much nothing maybe you drink coffee that's about as that's about as pro as most people are getting on yeah. their neck up maintenance plan and uh and, and and the way that i see that again like i've dropped this slide a couple times this idea of like sufficiency is not sufficient for people who want to perform mental wealth is going beyond just getting by yeah. and and so for me that's the introduction of nootropics and adaptogens those are things that affect your mind, um, but they're not, they're, they're called psychoactive. They're not psychedelic. You're not going to trip. You're not going to see anything weird. You're you're probably not even going to experience the, you know, the cup of coffee buzz. You're going to notice, depending on the mushroom. um, So there's Reiki and turkey tail and, and lion's mane and cordyceps, and there's all sorts of mushrooms. Uh, And I won't belabor the point on what every single one does. but I will say that you will notice over time greater focus or greater creativity. Some offer immunoprotection. And again, they're not going to change your state. You're still going to drive your car. Everything's going to be fine. But they are going to offer you that like neck up mental hygiene, just the neuro supports. And they're totally legal. Um, and in Canada, actually, pretty regulated. So it's quite a, procedure to get through, uh, to be able to sell them. And so that's kind of the first level is how are you supporting your mind every single day? Think about it. You might want to consider doing something about it. Um, it's easy to do. And then, and then the second piece of what we do at MindCure, like I say, is a digital therapeutics piece, which is, um, a more data backed and science driven, say calm app type of a thing. Okay when you're going to go for psychedelic assisted therapy what another one of our products is a pre and post psychedelic supplement so we'll pre sup you we're going to get you a wearable we're going to baseline you we're going to help support the therapist during the session we're even designing something like i think is really pretty smashing music is pretty important when you're in in session and we're designing an ai backed music um yeah playlist effectively so like if for you you get calm when you listen to metallica and i don't get calm when i listen to metallica but the therapist wants to drive you to a state of calm the ai can tell by virtue of the wearable and how your body's responding if we're driving it calm and it will continue to adapt the music to get you to calm and then to get you to elated and then to get you to you know tension in it yeah. so we're building this yeah so we're building this like uh digital therapeutics app for lack of a better term so that we can help people get the most out of their psychedelic experiences and again get this quantified medicine piece and then the final piece of what we do at my cure is you know research because the data is going to get the legalization um and you know at the moment we're we're semi in dark ops uh closer to the end of the month we'll be talking more broadly about what we're doing but I can share this which is um there's a lot of great work to be done with psychedelics and a lot of it is focused on mood and there's a lot of things that happen as a result of you know she's being human and and there's there's something that I think is uh have you ever heard the term? I'm sure you have sex, drugs, and rock and roll.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's just one of those things that we're not going to be focused on. And we're pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I think uh, when, I, when I hear you talk, because, you know, at first I started digging in. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a nootropic company. And then I started kind of reading more. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, they do a little more than that. Oh, wait, there's a little bit more. So I think to me, it's almost like you guys are more passionate and focused on bringing science and awareness to this entire world or category versus just creating a supplement for people. Would that be accurate?
1: That's wholly accurate. I mean, I think in the, when I think about it, I think we have to build the medicine for the market. That's research and all the science. But we have to build a market for the medicine. And when a lot of people are still not yet ready to take on a full psychedelic experience, and a lot of people haven't even considered taking care of their brains. Yeah. So we have to start here and go, you know, let's talk about some some neuro supports. Let's talk about some adaptogens. And then once people go, oh, I can adapt my mind. I can high performance this brain here and treat it like an actual like I can put fuel into the Lamborghini and drive it like that, that's that's good. Yeah. But you know, what other kind of fuel you got? <laughs> and so that's really the way that we're approaching this is being the kind of end-to-end provider. So that people are, you know, MyCure wants to be the company that people trust with their minds. Because all the way back to the beginning of my story, that was my biggest hurdle was I have one mind. It's my greatest asset. Who am I going to trust it to?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so everything we're doing is just based on that, helping people slowly move towards mental wealth in a really measured way where it's tangible, quantified, personalized, and well-researched.
0: I love that. Yeah, I think you, you explained the supplement side really well. And I agree, like it's smart to start there and build from that. Um, but I think that, you know, and this is in my industry too, like even I think of something like creatine, which is a performance supplement. Nobody takes creatine and feels creatine, right? But there's so much science on it that it's like, yes, if you want to be stronger and recover faster, take creatine, just keep doing it. So, you know, for those listening, it's the same thing with all these adaptogens and and different types of extracts for mushrooms. And I'm somebody who has supplement with lion's mane, cordyceps, not turkey tail yet, but reishi, like all those things every day for a long time. Um, I actually just recently ran out of what I was taking. So it's something I trust. And, and I think that for me, it was always one of those things where going back to what I said earlier and kind of how you're talking about, like almost just being optimal instead of average, I was like, well, if all these things are going to give me just like a, even a percent difference that I don't notice, but after a year, I'm that much better, that much clearer, that much smarter, that much more productive Then why the hell would I not take it? You know? So I think, um, it's, it's one of those things that just gives you that slight edge. Like why, why not? You know,
1: I agree. It's just science.
0: Yep. why not <laughs> exactly uh, I love what you guys are doing so much this has been an awesome podcast this was way way more fun than I anticipated uh so thank you for for everything you brought uh, can you tell everybody where to find your guys's work if you have some social media platforms to follow where to get your supplements all that kind of stuff just so they can kind of stay tuned and dig into more of it
1: 100 percent. so mindcure just m-i-n-d-c-u-r-e dot com uh the at mindcure at all the other places um, on insta i think if you want to look for the supplements go to mind cure wellness and you'll see that there and um yeah i mean we're always on the socials and, and looking to connect with folks and always happy to answer questions because i know psychedelics and nootropics and all these things are you know new to some people and um there's never a dumb question we're we're happy to be here happy to be a service happy to bring people into mental wealth
0: i love it i love it and even if you're listening and you're like Maybe this was like complete left field for you. You weren't somebody that was looking into this stuff. Um, Know that I wasn't any, I wasn't somebody that was looking for it. It just kind of kept falling in my lab, being in the health and wellness space. And uh, if you never have any anticipation of doing it or needing it, it's still such an amazing and fascinating thing, changing people's lives. So I encourage you to just do some research. It's a really cool thing. And I think if for no other reason, again, whether you ever do it ever, just so there's not a bad stigma on it cause it's really changing people. And I think that's the most important thing. So even for the people who are like, that's not for me, just support it, do your research. So you don't, you aren't against it. Cause I think it's, I think that alone is a big help.
1: Best point, man. Absolutely, hundred percent. This oh. is it, just come to understand it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it a lot, this is fun.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, man. Pleasure.